I'm Jock Wilson. And I'm Dave Rowe. Welcome to the latest edition of the Calgary Stampeder podcast. And Jock, today we are talking about the transition that every player says they're going to make. And hey, what are you going to do when we're done? I think I'm going to become a coach. Doesn't always work <laughs> out, but certainly uh, there's enough success stories on the Calgary Stampeders to uh, make, well, to make a podcast out of it. it. It truly is amazing when you look at the Calgary Stampeders because, you know, Wally Buono was a pretty good player and he became an outstanding coach. John Huffnagel was a pretty good player. He became an outstanding coach and now manager. You know, Dave Dickinson was an excellent player, you know, a Hall of Fame player. And he has become a very, very solid coach. Look at Devon Claybrooks for yep. the Calgary Stampeders. You know, he is going to be the next head coach in the Canadian Football League. Why he's not a head coach yet, I have no idea. But, you know, just a few <laughs> years Montreal ago. Because Montreal talked to him well, last that's year. Well, exactly. <laughs> you know, just a few years ago, he was starting on the defensive line. And now he's, uh, you know, a great defensive coordinator. You look at Corey Mace. And I know we're going to talk to Josh Bell a little bit later on. And even when you look back uh, in, in history a little bit, a couple of other Stampeder quarterbacks come to mind. Danny Barrett, who mm-hmm. went on to... Uh, a career in uh, college coaching. And another guy, Marcus Crandall, a guy that we don't talk about a whole lot, won a great cup here. He is now uh, coaching in U-Sport at the Canadian college level. Guys are moving on there. And, uh, you know, Mark Wayne McDaniel is starting his coaching career, right. and he's gone on to uh, U-Sport. I think of the guys, uh, some of the guys that we mentioned here, maybe Corey Mace was uh, was a bit of a surprise because, you know, Corey, to me, it was uh, he was a guy who did love playing football, had, a, you know, a lot of joy with the game. I wasn't sure he was, you know, the thinking man's side of the game, mm-hmm. but he has certainly been taken under Devon Claybrook's wing. And Devon Claybrook's was just a, an automatic because, you know, I remember talking to Rich Stubler when he was the defensive coordinator. He just kind of chuckled and said, Claybrooks was coaching while he was still playing. <laughs> so that was uh, just a, a natural transition. Well, you know, it's interesting, and you mentioned Marquay McDaniel going to youth sports. You know, who is he coaching with? He is coaching with another former Calgary Stampeder and Greg Knox. Absolutely. And, and so Gre- the long line continues. And, and, and I will say this. I'll make this bold prediction right now on the Calgary Stampeder podcast. I think when Devon Claybrooks leaves the Calgary Stampeders, because that's inevitable. It's going to happen. Yeah. I think Greg Knox is going to become the next defensive coordinator for the Calgary Stampeders. I'd love to see that uh, tradition continue, bringing those players back mm-hmm. as coaches. I mean, sometimes there's uh, a little bit of time between the end of the playing career and uh, really building up as right. a coach. But, I mean, we haven't seen that with the Stampeders. It's been Claybrooks. Boom. He went straight to a defensive line coach on a defensive coordinator. Corey Mays took over for him on the defensive line. And now the guy who is our uh, special guest this week on the Calgary Stampeders Peter podcast another guy that you saw this coming a mile away when we watch Josh Bell as a safety as the leader of that defensive back group you just saw this guy is a future coach a future leader of men and, and you know what's interesting and you're right he was he was a great leader he was a, a defensive captain for the Calgary Stampeders all of those things that really work out well if you are going to become a head coach in the uh, uh, or at least a, a position coach in the Canadian Football League but I, I will make this this point just because you were a great player doesn't always mean you're going to be a great coach. Either. Matt Dunnigan? Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> go figure. He wasn't that good, was he? Uh, no, that didn't go That didn't go so good back then. But again, the problem with Dunnigan is I think that he was rushed along too far. Sure. We talk about these guys who, who started, like Dave Dickinson, started off as a position coach, right. became a coordinator, became a head coach. It's like, you know, you, you have to work your way up through, through the craft, and that's certainly the way the Stampeders do it, doing it the right way, as they do with so many things. And Josh Bell, again, we were talking about him making an easy trip 
transition to defensive backs coach. I had a chance to sit down and talk with Josh about what the transition was like. It was an uncertain transition because when we saw Josh at the end of last season, he didn't know what his future held. Joshua, you still had the best quote ever at the end of last year when you were wondering about your player future and you were talking about staring into the abyss. But then out of the abyss, you made the move that a lot of players talk about making. You went from you know from, from playing to coaching. I know it was something you, you thought about. Did you pursue it or did they come to you? <laughs> um It was an open position, so they, they, they you know they, they put a bug in my ear. And you know it, it tickled my fancy a little bit, and I just I just had to I had to take it. Um, it was kind of a, a strange process because I've never been in that position before. Because I was looking forward to getting a hot, big money free agent contract, right? And um, the opportunity to coach forever was a lot more valuable than uh, playing a couple more years. That's you know we hear so many players talking about oh, what are you going to do afterwards? I'm going to coach. I'm going to coach. But I know with the work that you've done in the off season, it was it, that was a goal that that you worked towards. Yes, sir. It, it's tough in in our profession, especially in the CFL, with only being nine teams. You got guys that can we know could coach, uh, maybe like Jawan Simpson, guys like that, uh, Corey Banks, Ryan Phillips, guys that want to coach but they can't just actually get in the door. And because the opportunity just hasn't presented itself and not the right opportunity. So I just couldn't pass it up. It was the right opportunity to be able to get in and coach. What, uh, what was easy about it and what's been difficult about it? Just so you're learning to, to see the game through a different set of eyes. It is the, the easy part is being able to open my mouth and speak what I'm thinking as a coach and what we're thinking as a defensive staff to my, to my guys in the room. That's the easy part. Getting out on the field and doing things, having drills, listening to the guys, trying to get them what they need, and then also doing it. That's the easy part. The hard part for me has been behind the desk working PowerPoint and Excel. <laughs> that is the hardest thing ever. I'm so detailed and meticulous about how I want that little PowerPoint to look, like whether it's a centimeter this way or a centimeter that way. I'm anal about those things, so it takes me forever. And, and then I type uh, with, with one finger on each hand. So it, it, it takes me a while to get some things done. Uh, that's been the most difficult thing for me, being able to do the things that I did well when I was in college, but I haven't done them for about 10 years, so it's been a long time. Making the transition right away. I mean, for the for the most part, back here, you're working with men that you worked with as players. I mean, becoming a coach is that easier or or harder? That familiarity. A lot easier. A lot easier. Because as a coach, if I had brand new guys in a brand new system that only I knew, I would have to coach every single position to a T, to every single detail. But having guys like Brandon Smith, Adam Berger, Jamar Wall, Siante Evans, having those guys back in our system, they, they make it so much easier for me as a coach. Um, implementing new things, and then also when it comes down to watching film after practice, I don't have to coach everybody. Those guys are having conversations already from the mistakes that they've made or of one of their teammates. They're like, hey, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. So they, I listen a little bit. I keep my ear kind of like a mother listening to the kids in the back room. I keep my ear open. So they may have already corrected something 
a split second right before I'm trying to correct it. And it's like, all right, y'all done? All right, next play. I don't have to use my words. So I try to minimize how much I speak, how much I'm saying, and allow those guys to kind of command the room and take over the room and get things done. Yeah, think, like it's been a short career so far. You had any moments where it's been maybe a little bit overwhelming where you're wondering, man, you know, what, what, what am I doing? What am I doing here? No, not at all. Uh, well, I would, you know what? I let, let me not tell a story. The first home game, Monson left me in the locker room. I had no idea how to get to the box. None. So I'm like, oh my God, I got left. Where am I supposed to go? So I got lucky. I got lucky and I was able to make it up there in time, but I totally had no idea where I was going and that was the first time I'm just like, oh, oh, kind of had a little panic because I'm like, oh, if it's to be late, I don't know what, you know, so that's the only thing. Other than that, it's football. It's football. Um, the hard part, I mean, my job is really done during the week and when the closer we get to the game, it's, it's like taking hands off the wheel and cruise control. The guys have everything that they need. They've seen all the looks. They know the play calls. And it's just like, hey, all it is, is it's up to Clay Brooks and the players then. Now, uh, this team, I think it's a little bit unusual when you look at, like yourself, Mace, Devon, Clay Brooks, like guys who've been players that go straight into coaching. Is, is this something that this organization kind of nurtures? I, you never know what the mind of the Huffer is. <laughs> but... With with the with what has actually factually happened and players being hired as coaches, I think it helps us to continue the culture that we have here. We do things a certain kind of way, and when you have players go up that are respected and uphold that tradition into the position of being coaches, they uphold that same winning culture. They do everything the same way, and it just it makes it smooth. As to what advice would you give? I mean, like I always worry about because you, you always hear guys, what are you doing after football? I'm going to coach, and I worry about what happens to guys after they're playing the Israel. What advice if a guy says, oh, "I'm going to coach"? What advice do you give them just to, to make that happen instead of just hoping it's going to happen? Well, first off, you better know what everybody does on your side of the ball because a lot of guys say, "I want to coach," but they couldn't, and they they play DB their whole life, but they don't know what they're doing, what the linebackers or what the defensive line is doing. You have to know everything on the defense at least have some type of uh, idea of what's going on big picture for all 12 guys on the field and then let everybody know you know it right don't just know it and say oh i know it no no, no, no. get in a couple people's hip, hip pocket and tell them that you know it tell them just it's almost like just going to a job fair you want to, every coach you walk across you want to let them know that hey i have a little knowledge of the game uh, beyond me just being a player and doing the job and then those coaches, it, and it, it resonates throughout. Anytime you can come up with an excuse to talk to Josh Bell, it's a good day. This well, guy is going to be a good coach. You know what's funny? Because I, I asked him when I had him on Sports Talk with Jock, I said, uh, are you going to wear the war paint, you know, as yeah. a coach? And he hasn't quite, you know, pulled out the, the war paint yet. And sadly, that's one tradition on the field that's gone by the wayside. Josh was the leader of that, yeah. and uh, a lot of the other guys. And uh, looking on the sidelines this year, no one's really picked it up. No, so no, that's, that's a little exact. bit of a disappointment. But, but, but uh, time does march on. He's full of energy, eh? And knowledge. Yeah, and, and knowledge. you know, and, and having that passion for the game. You know, being able to, you know, you could be the best X's and O guy in the world, 
But if you can't communicate mm-hmm. with people, if you can't communicate your message with passion, it's going to get lost. And that, I think, is what is going to make Josh Bell a great coach. Do you remember when we were just, you know, sitting in, at the Stampeder office and we were waiting to go into our meeting with Dave Dickinson and Josh Bell came out and it was while Chapel was going on. And yeah. we just had a great, great chat with Josh Bell because, you know, he's so knowledgeable and he's a sponge because he still wants to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he knows he's not ready to be a head coach yet. Uh, but what was the one thing he did say? And he said, hey, you know, I, I wanted Adam Berger. That's the one yep. request that I had to Dave Dickinson and John Huffnagel. I needed Adam Berger here because, you know, he was my understudy and Adam Berger has become a very, very good utility player and Josh Bell loves working with him and and, and this is a pretty good second. I, I was concerned about the Calgary Stampeder secondary this year because there was so much change. Not so much now. You no. know, maybe Adam Berger is going to be a guy who's uh, yeah. going to follow that uh, that path to coaching. There's a couple of guys that we can think of off the top. Uh, Juwan Simpson, when uh, he was the middle linebacker here, was a guy who talked about going into coaching and, and what I understand now is uh, back home in uh, in Alabama he's uh, started working with some high school programs down there and of course uh, Nick Lewis is uh, is a guy that we always thought of who would transition into coaching just because he knows the game he sees the game so well well and again don't forget Nick Lewis was a guest coach at Saskatchewan's camp this year yep. and, and then it got cut short a little bit because his mother uh, you know wasn't doing very well and so he had to leave that little and another guy was Jermaine Copeland he was a guest coach and and you know is is cope going to be you know another coach down the road and, yeah. and be a good offensive mind and uh, you know cope has been uh, i believe he was in hamilton as a right. receivers coach uh, for a time not sure where he's at now but you know looking at some more of, of, of the current recent past guys another name we think of is is, is rob cote again mm-hmm. rob mm-hmm. you know was he ever the most skilled guy on the field no but he was a hard worker he was a motivator those are values you need in a coach well you're exactly right and you know rob cote has sort of set himself up in the business world and 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 that's what the good Canadian guys do, you know, and, and, and it's it's the smart kids, right? You know, to be a quarterback in the Canadian Football League, you, you have to have not only the tools, but you have to have the knowledge and, and the skill set. And that's why I think, you know, former quarterbacks like John Huffnagel, like yeah. Dave Dickinson, you know, they become good coaches. And I always said this, Doug Flutie, I remember doing a Monday Night Football promotion with Doug Flutie, and and I he was so smart, so intelligent, knew the game, and I, I guess that's why he's in broadcasting now doing college football. Yeah. I always thought Doug Flutie would be an excellent coach as well. I, I think you could say the same thing about Bo Levi Mitchell. You know, again, he just knows the game. How about Andrew Buckley? I know he's going to become a yeah. doctor. He's going to make much more money as a doctor <laughs> than a coach, uh, but I think Andrew Buckley would have been a good coach, too. The thinking man's thinking That's man. Exactly also, right. uh, one other guy that uh, that I could maybe name uh, would be uh, Jamar Wall, mm-hmm. who I think very quietly has emerged as uh, as a guy who is a real a student of the game, able to play multiple positions, and, and a guy who's starting to emerge as a leader on this team. You know, you know the one thing you have to do, though, when you're a coach? You have to you have to be committed you have to put the time in and and i remember like who is the greatest hockey player of all time wayne gretzky mm-hmm. and was wayne gretzky a great coach I, I i don't think he was a great coach but i think he had so much on his plate because you know there he was in arizona and he was trying to do marketing and he was trying to sell the team and he was trying to yeah. I, I don't think he put the time in to be a coach you look at what you know, Dave Dickinson puts in and how many hours he puts in, and John Huffnagel was the same way. You better be committed if you're going to become a coach because this is not a 9-to-5 job. And speaking about putting in the time, that's all the time we have on this edition of the Calgary Stampeder Podcast. Thanks a lot for listening. If you like the show, take a few minutes out. Please rate it. Please leave a comment. We'd love to know what you think. We'd love to know your ideas for future podcasts. And if you really, really like the show, make sure you tell a friend. We have a new show and a new topic. We drop it every Thursday morning. Of course, you can find us at all your favorite podcast locations, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, tune in and on our website.